the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One and talk with Dan in Sonoma. Dan in Sonoma on line one, if he's still there. Dan, are you there? Hello. Yes, I have uh, two things to raise. The first one might seem unrelated, but I will explain to the audience how it is related. It's about financial accountability. You know, some of these phone charges, a lot of people using cell phones today, they're very, very high. We've yeah. noticed. I used to pay $170 for my phone bill, and mm-hmm. I've knocked it down to $30 by going prepaid. And a lot of these phone companies are very woke. They give their trainees and employees a lot of information about things with which we might disagree and it's kind of bad for our money to go into their hands. So paying $170 or 210 a month, which is more than $1,000 a year. Yes, it is. Into corrupt companies. You can tell they're corrupt because they're overcharging us, right? Yep, they sure are. Um, yeah, so the uh, it's, that to me is a travesty going on. On a daily basis, it, all around this country is terrible that they're charging that much for services that aren't really value to you in your personal life. Well, well, the the, the phone, the uh, cell phone, our phones now are your cyborgs. They are more important to us than we want to admit. And when I say us, I mean as an aggregate whole, Dan, they are important. They are very important and they play a relevant part in knowledge expansion and the sustaining of significant communication. Like you are using that phone right now as we are talking to tens of thousands of people across the uh, radio waves. However, paying 30 a month for it, only 30 a month, you know, or less. That's what I wanted to affirm that the financial responsibility act and what you are exemplifying simply means that you have the freedom and responsibility to be virtuous about the stewardship of your finances. Every one of us does. Every one of us are obligated to go back, uh, revisit our financial uh, obligations, the different structures, the values, the different categories we spend money in. And do a better job. I, that is in the back of my mind for a number of things. And 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 having said that, a lot of times the difficulty, like COVID, and this whole lockdown and everything else, has really caused a lot of us to start real, really reevaluating our uh, financial distribution process and start looking at how to cut costs hither and yon, as you are stating. And so I actually thank you for bringing that up as a topic. Now, that is a personal stewardship responsibility. It's not really going to be the responsibility of companies to uh, to make it fair for you. They're in it for a profit. And here is what you and I must quickly affirm. And this is true about COVID. There's no doubt that the vaccine companies are in it for a profit. That's why 
uh, Fauci is pushing it as illegal and as immoral as it is. And this is why our government is pushing it as illegal and as immoral and as unscientific as it clearly is on its face. It's about the trillions of dollars they're making, which their own scientists undercover have admitted. That's the whole end game. Push out the vials because you make so much money off of it. But we are now in a capitalist system that is godless. And once you're in a capitalist system that's godless, and I mean it is vociferously, aggressively, doggedly godless, therefore God is allowing the tipping of the scales over into massive greed, and it is creating the kind of inequity um, uh, in terms of people's uh, poverty that is meant to bring people to its knees. This is also a divine judgment on us as human beings. So you, you need to know that um, if people are too um, careless and thoughtless to um, to do the research, look around for uh, better plans, and they're out there. In fact, they have always been out there. You know this, uh, but you have awakened to the reality that you have been gouged, as Jesus talked about the Pharisees and the scribes, and particularly the Pharisees devouring widows' houses. We can uh, we can scale that up to governments and recognize that is exactly what's going on in our country and has been going on for decades upon decades. We are reaching a a critical mass for which the justification of a reset has occurred. You know that it is it's yeah. the whole premise for you know uh, Klaus Schwab and the the Gates and and all the rest of them to gather together and the Gabby to restructure the world under a credit system that takes away uh, people's individual autonomy for making money. That's the next, that is the next horizon that we have to fight against um, if we don't push back against the takeover that's happening right now in terms of totalitarianism under the tyranny of our present governmental system. So yeah, you're a good model. I appreciate that. And I think a lot of people will be following that, Dan, uh, as the pressure continues. You have one more thing to say? Yes, it's very well said. You said that so carefully. Um, the other issue is sort of closer to what you said in your beginning of the show. You know, we're talking about what's going on today and how, how hard the push is and how central the thinking is. Um, back in the 70s, I was educated with a lot of uh, Latinos and uh, a lot of whites in my school. It was up here in Sonoma County in Santa Rosa. And there were a few blacks, not very many, but it was very uncool to be racist. It was very uncool. Some people tried to exhibit violence and bad speech, and I think they were frowned upon. Now, what's going on today, defined as uh, politically correct, I I just heard this story from my friend. It happened back in the 70s. He went down to Concord. He was invited by a couple friends to a moose meeting. And he stood up and told the president, when the president said, we don't think we have anything to gain by black people being members, he said, I can't believe you're saying that, and I want out of here. And the guy said, get him out of here. He hadn't even finished his meal. His two friends had to drive him home without eating and kind of ruined their evening. But he got out of there because he heard somebody say something like that. Well, I think I would do it too, but it's just something like... I don't understand how now something that we thought was so totally uncool back in the 70s is accepted in 2020 and 2021. Why is it in again? 
it just I don't get why something that was making progress is being rebirthed rebirthed in the in 2021 and probably done a lot of bad over the next several years uh, it's going to take us down a bad road well that's because you are making a set of assumptions and and we need to clear them up and that is it's not Thank a you. nefarious thing yeah it's just a set of assumptions you're making the the set of assumptions you're making first of all is that people recognize that what is taking place is racist they don't this is the delusion that dan you've been with me from the time that i started in on the uh the the mass deception that occurred with black lives matter the social justice movement critical race theory and the like going back almost two years now during the trump administration takeover and the battle that was going on there we saw how that the marxist socialist agenda enter into the narrative the conversation and put on the major optic of protest and violence and and uh, in the streets and and how they proffered the idea that white cops were killing black people every time they turned around and that narrative was not true the statistics bore that out but today is not about whether a narrative is true it's about whether a narrative is powerful enough to take the vast majority of men and women into captivity under the delusion of its propagation so what we're dealing with is ideological subversion i've taught that before yuri bezmanov you can go online yuri bezmanov the ex-soviet spy lays out the ideological subversion system and tactics that people are uh, uh, being deceived by. And we're in the fourth phase of that ideological subversive uh, system. This is a definitely a Marxist takeover. And what that means is people are blinded to or fearful of and shrinking away from actually calling it the way you see it. Uh, white people are fearful uh, and, and young people are just impressionable and duped to buy into the narrative, particularly if it plays into their favor. And this is what we call the delusion of wokeism, wokeism. So what you are doing is actually calling wokeism uh, what it really is. It is a, uh, a racist, anti-racist uh, uh, method of causing people to act as if they are trying to defend a particular way, but really what they're doing is promoting what we were promoting, rather, what we would call reverse racism. This is reverse racism. The same uh, comfort level and arrogance that that particular Moose Lodge member had in standing up, uh, not wanting black people to be part of the lodge is taking place at all levels of education and government and elite colleges. It actually came down from the elite colleges because they were taught it by your Chinese government as well as uh, Russians as well. And it has uh, disseminated into the body politic of our world and men and women are under its delusion today. This is also part of the takeover, ideological subversion. So very few people are awake to the reality that if I discriminate against you because of your skin color, it is the same as if you were discriminating against me because of my skin color, even if that took place some 60 or 70 years to go. Got it. Got it. Thank you, Nate. So even if that took place some 60 or 70 years ago, the, 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 the faces have changed but the fundamental dynamics remain the same. We have reversed the racist agenda. This is all about the, again, the Marxist socialist 
paradigm of your proletariat um, uh, attacking the bourgeoisie. Uh, but in this case, it's a false bougie and a false proletariat um, uh, using the model for the purpose of deconstruction, taking down the country. So, you know, all things are white. All things that are white are evil and all things that are black are good. This is the most dystopian, uh, delusional a uh, false image of anything that could even begin to be uh, equitable and diverse and inclusive. It is flatly exclusive on its face and it will never ever work because God will not endorse this kind of evil. You don't overcome evil with evil. You overcome evil with good. And until we understand that we are in a battle with a reprobate evil system that can only be dealt with by the severity of true justice um, with mercy being extended to people who want to repent. Otherwise, people are going to collapse up under this lie. And, uh, and, and, and well, think about it. Um, and I got a few minutes. So I'll let you go. During the time when white folks were much more dominant in their position and held uh, a kind of attitudinal um, uh, presence, as this moose guy did, yeah, they were they were fairly comfortable in standing up uh, and being discriminatory, racist, pejorative, and every other name you can employ to beat down blacks, Latinos, Japanese, Asians, etc. Uh, that's what happens with the ruling class. They do that. But now we're dealing with a delusion uh, par excellence. There is no match to this delusion that's taking place now where the reverse is the same. And, uh, and, and white people don't get to live on the planet anymore. And what's going to happen if we continue down this path, as is occurring in many of our cities, uh, we are going to create a society across this nation of nothing but ghettos, uh, uh, poor ghettos of poor uh, people of all ethnic groups controlled by a hand of elite Marxist, Stalinist, Maoist type individuals who are going to feed these people who did their bidding in tearing down our system, but nevertheless are going to be ghettoized under, again, the Klaus Schwab, uh, the Gabby group, uh, the Bill Gates and the rest as they look up and find themselves in a, uh, a neo-Marxist uh, concentration camp uh, sitting at Biden's feet, doing what Biden tells them to do. And, and they're going to have to admit that they actually uh, perpetrated their own slavery and bondage. That's what this is about. It is not even close to freedom. Uh, and, and it can't be, Daniel, because it's, it's predicated on a lie as its premise. And the methodology and the process is evil. You can never, ever produce good fruit out of evil seed or an evil tree. And until we cut this tree down and get back to fundamentals that truly establish legitimate equity, legitimate diversity, legitimate inclusion, which would require a biblical worldview, in my opinion, because you need God to change the heart. You can't change the heart out of fear. You can't change the heart out of policy and punishment. You can only change the heart with the grace of God. And that's what we need. And maybe that's why God is letting our nation go to hell, because the nation that forgets God will 
be turned into hell. And that that is what it is looking like it is doing while people are not waking up. Listen, thank you for the call. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you brilliant for your analysis. corrections. Thank you for your edification. Thank you. Yeah, really bless great. you, my brother. Bless you. Let me see. I'm going to do one more. Daniel on line number four. Daniel on line number four in Berkeley. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you hear me? Um, a bit. Are you close to your phone? Or are you using a speakerphone? Okay, I'm I'm close to my phone. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to call and um, a childhood friend of mine. You're his pastor, and he's been asking me to call. So okay. it's been a while. But I wanted to call and share my story about my brother. Um, he actually passed away due to the Moderna vaccine. Yeah. Um, he he, is, um, he took it on May 14th and passed a few days later because yeah. of it. Um, he had, how, um, he did have, go ahead. How old was he? He was only 45. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, and, and I'm glad you are speaking up, Danielle. I'm so glad you are speaking up because the, the way to overcome um, a mass manipulation of deceptive narrative is for those of us who know the truth to speak up. That you have spoken up, God's going to honor that. He's going to bless it. I want you to know that. He's going to bless mm-hmm. that, that you have shared that reality because a lot of people know this is what's happening to their loved ones, but they have no yeah. outlet. They have no outlet. So, I yeah. mean, how are you doing? How are you doing? Since. I'm trying to, you know, um, just come to terms with it. I, as I said, you know, this happened when I found out back on May um, the 29th. And it's now I'm able to somewhat talk about it. It's been really hard for me yeah, um, yeah, to yeah. kind of deal with, you know, and yeah. excuse me. I, I Sometimes I feel like I'm okay. Then I'm, I talk about it. And then, of course, not, of course. you know. Of course. That's your, um, I just wanted to just call and let everybody know because it is it they don't they only do is keep forcing everybody to take it and they don't really talk about the people that lost their lives because of it. No, nope, they don't. They want to downplay it and say, "Oh well, only a thousands of people died." Well, guess what? One of those thousands of people was my brother. You know, Absolutely. like he, he's a Absolutely. person and his life yep. mattered. You know, yep. and um, yep. 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 it's just unfair about it what's is. going on. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to tell anybody to do it or not. I just want nope. to share his story because I was impacted by it. My brother lost his life. He's only 45. He was a twin, you know, and he was born with a heart condition. However, he lived a very healthy life. Um, mm-hmm. He did have asthma also, mm-hmm. um, but he was a barber, so he thought he was doing something good to protect himself as well as his, his clients, you know. And the thing that was meant to protect him actually took his life. We just now got his death certificate after all these months, two weeks ago. And on the death certificate, they wrote that he had a um, congestive heart failure along with inflammation of the lungs, which are both two of the side effects of the Moderna vaccine. And they yeah. still have the box checked as under investigation because they know that this is what causes death, but they don't want to put it in writing. But um, as I stated, that um, he passed away a few days from it. But before that, he was fine, healthy, you know, 
working and was just, you know, living and enjoying his life. And then this, you know, he took the vaccine and he's no longer here. Listen, do me a favor. Hold on. If you can hold on a minute, I want to take a break. Got to pay some bills. I want to ask you a question or two before I let you go. Can you do that? Yes. Okay. Hold on, Daniel. We'll be right back. Thank you. Uh And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 6.40. We got... All right, let me... Uh, guitar is acting up there. Um, we've got 20 minutes left on the program. Let me see. Can I go to line number two in Oakland and see if David is there? Dave, are you there in Oakland on line number two? Yeah, I'm here, Pastor Jesse. How's it going? I'm great, man. What's your thoughts today? Uh, first, I just want to uh, send my condolences to the sister that just called before. That's a tough, uh, tough situation for a brother to be in. It was almost as, you know, like, damned if you don't, damned if you do. And, right. um, you know, so my condolences. Um, but uh, I was calling because I wanted to, uh, you know, I know you were speaking about the critical race theory earlier, uh, and you were talking about the whole woke movement and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of wanted to run things about past you because I've actually been thinking about that myself, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Go uh, for it. My question. Yeah, so my question was, um, so you, you were saying early that you feel like uh, uh, it's like reverse racism. Is that correct? Is that correct? That you were saying like you feel like the woke movement is racism? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. How could it not be? And, okay. So my question was, when you when you hear when you hear that uh, term, do, do you, what what is your initial thought of that? Like, what do you think uh, they mean by uh, uh, being woke? Right. It simply means for them, they they feel like they're awakened to the oppressive system of white hegemony and white patriarchy dominating the totality of America in its policies, practices and uh, power positioning presence. This is again, this is simply inserting into a Marxist uh, dialectic, the proletariat versus the bougie uh, paradigm. And you've heard me explain that too. You, you've you been around when I did that. All you got to do is take the uh, economic framework out of Marxism and place a sociological framework there. Take take the uh, economic injustice or pressure or uh, um, are um, uh, fraudulent components that Marx talked about and impose simply uh, ethnic groups. And and this one is what this what makes this one uh, unjust um, at its uh, at its face. And this is going back to what I said when I taught against critical race theory uh, right after the election is that God would never allow you and me to look at one person whose ethnicity would align with um, people who may be practicing that very evil that we hate, such as discrimination, racism, um, you know, uh, nepotism, uh, power controls, which is going on in the world forever. 
Um, God would never allow right. you and me to take a person's ethnicity and charge them with a crime for which they we have not proven that they have a personal contribution in that crime at all. Even though there may be reality to the power structures that governed our world in time as white people. I can say that because there will be very solidly, logically, rationally, uh, and, 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 and bold Africans, African men, African lawyers, African uh, rulers who will tell you that that same hierarchical uh, hegemony occurs in the African community. It occurs also in the Indian community. It occurs almost in every community where you have again, uh, categories of uh, poor and wealthy people. And so the wealthy will dominate the poor. In this context, it could easily be argued that it was just the convenience of white people being in positions of power at that time. So we could easily identify it as a white over against black, but it would be more than blacks. You know that it would be uh it would be Indians, uh, Native Americans, it would be Japanese, et cetera, et cetera, who would have also been the victims of these kind of power plays. But nevertheless, you, you asked the question for me, would it be fair? Uh, it, would it be fair if, you're, if you had a, a white uh, son, you know, in a mixed marriage and, and, some, and some black guy would come along and say, because your son is white, that he has inherent undeniable, uh, uh, immutable traits of, uh, of, of what they would call, you know, uh, prejudice and bias against black people. Would that be fair? No, that, that wouldn't be fair. But what I'm torn at is uh, what I agree with you uh, with everything that you just said. But the issue where I'm torn is, is uh, as a Christian, we, we are supposed to See, we're supposed to be no respecter of person and have no partiality to anyone. And, uh, and I agree with that and I try to live my life in that manner. But I feel like too many Christians, uh, they deny that there is racism going on and they deny that, uh, they deny that, uh, there is a system of, I feel like, uh, system but they use the term as white supremacy, and I felt that that, that is a system of white supremacy that goes on that goes on in America, and um, and I and it's really interesting because I saw a lot of Christians come out uh, when that whole vaccine and uh, mandatory vaccine was going on. They came out saying that you know you should have distrust uh, of the government and all these other things that uh, you shouldn't trust what the government would say. Uh, you know, about the vaccine and all these things. But, you know, just a few months earlier when blacks were saying, you know, you shouldn't have trust of the government of, you know, people in law enforcement and all this stuff, uh, I've seen Christians, you know, basically pushing that to the side and saying, you know, just basically be complicit with what they say or just comply with what they're saying. And, you know, the, the government wouldn't do these things. But then a few months later when they're pushing mandatory vaccines, you know, Christians were saying, oh, don't trust what the government's saying. You know, uh, why should we trust what they're saying? So I felt like it was a little bit hypocritical. And that's, you know, that's where that's where I was torn at, because to me, I try to respect everybody on their personal character, not, no matter what their race is. But at the same time, I can't act like I don't see racism when, you know, certain so many things have happened over the last couple of years that had racist implications. And I feel like if we're supposed
tendency is. And I feel like a lot of people turn a blind eye to racism that happens to black people in this country. Uh, but then when it's other people, like the whole stop Asian hate thing, when that was going on, everybody was in support of that. But when racism things happen to uh, black people, no one has the same kind of volition and the same kind of, um, you know, uh, urgency to help us. So it's, it's just as a black man that kind of, it made me like, what am I supposed to do? Where, where my allegiances are to Christ, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a black man. So, what am I supposed to do as a black man in that instance? And also, okay. I feel like I feel like they're the woke community is they're anti-Christian. Like, if you're if you're a Christian, they look at you as like a sellout or a coon or you know stupid for believing in Christ, but at the same time, I have some of the views that they have, so I'm really now, like stuck in the hard place. Do me a favor. Hold on. I'm going to finish up with you after the break. We'll be right back. Okay. Uh, and now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. We only got about four minutes to go. What I want to say, David, to you and every uh, other young man or young woman or people that enter into that dilemma, because it's a dilemma and it's a masterful dilemma that the enemy has been using against us for a long time. And that's the dilemma of a paradoxical tension, the paradox of an either or position. And when you operate out of an either or position alone, either you are for us or against us, you trap yourself in a dialectic of tensions that actually does not satisfy your objective. As you stated, um, you can look and see that there has been racist tendencies, no doubt about it. One might even argue for the validity of what we would call institutional racism, what I would disagree with in terms of that overall blanketed assertion is how they use it as a Trojan horse to assert an indictment against all Caucasian people, which would be absolutely egregiously wrong scientifically, sociologically, and historically. It just wouldn't. And that's how Marxism works. It, it uses a broad brush to actually influence. So you and I know, and everyone would know, that just because uh, a group of white folks behave a certain way, it doesn't mean every white person per capita is that way. Uh, in addition to that, we can easily affirm that there has been injustices done to black people across the nation, but not every black person, not every black community, not every black city, not every black nation, not every nation where white, white people are. We would have endless numbers of people that would rise up and talk about how beautiful they have been able to live in different cities, towns and communities together with Caucasian folks and other without any of this um, looming dystopian dark side of the Marxist rhetoric about social justice coming up out of a white racist system. We could deconstruct Okay, all right, so we could deconstruct that. So I don't know what that is. Background. Too much noise. Um, oh, sorry about that. No worries. Um, yeah, right, I'm Hello? still hearing too much. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I am. I had the the uh, city hall. 
I try to turn it down. Okay. So you can cut it. You can actually just listen to me off air. I've got two minutes to go. Okay, go ahead. I'll talk to you later. All right. So I just want to close out by saying this happens with politics. You're on the left and you know leftist policies are egregiously unbiblical. But you have ties to them, black people, because historically you have always voted Democrat. Okay, well, that's fine. The problem is you got to deal with the flaws in that system. Folks are over on the right. You, you, You vote right. And a lot of the policies on the right will have biblical platforms. But there are corruptions, character, characterological uh, flaws in the leaders, such as Donald Trump was. That's why I didn't vote for him, because his flaws in his character. Um, and so we can agree that there are good things on, on both sides and bad things on both sides. What do you do? You get out of the box of the plantation mentality of saying I'm a left or a right, just like Joshua is told by the captain of the Lord's army in Joshua chapter five. Uh, I'm neither. I'm for neither one of you. I'm for the Lord. And when you are for the Lord, then you just simply judge everything righteously and everyone individually, and that way we can um, we can um, overcome evil with good. Now, the two people that are used to being on the plantation on the left and on the right are not going to like you. They're not going to like you because you're not affirming their team. But it's not about affirming anyone's team, particularly if their team has a lot of flaws in it. It's about affirming people. And, uh, and, and, and I'm definitely not going to affirm a Marxist agenda in order to achieve a goal of fixing racism in our country. I don't think it's going to work. It hasn't worked to now. President uh, Biden has proudly come in holding the critical race theory and look at his 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 popularity ratings. Now, he's in the toilet because everybody recognizes fighting against each other will never, ever solve our problem. We are on our way to hell fighting against each other on our way to hell because we don't know how to sit down and have a discussion and come up with solutions that are more God honoring than you owe me reparations. I think the Bible is the wisest book in the world. We all need that wisdom so we can do a better job. Of being forward on the way to hell. I'll see you on Wednesday. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.